You're listening to the podcast of Christ Walk Church in Fernandina Beach, Florida, where we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. We hope that these messages encourage and challenge you to live for something more. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us online at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening. Now here's today's message. Good morning, Christ Walk Church. It is so great to be with you this morning. Unfortunately, my family and I are not able to be with you in person. That's why I'm here via video today. I do have a bit of bad news to share here at the beginning of the message today. Um, We received word Saturday morning early that Sarah's mother had passed away. Um, For some time, her uh, health has been failing, and um, she finally received her complete healing, and she is no longer suffering. But uh, my family and I, we are Um, up in Tennessee uh, with Sarah's side of the family um, to kind of process and work through the aftermath of um, losing one's parent. And so uh, I just, we appreciate your prayers, your support, your care, your concern for us um, as we walk through this season. And the Lord willing, uh, we will be back in person with you Um, for our service on January the 1st, uh, which I'm excited about the new year and all that God has in store. You know, between now and then, um, beginning today to the end of the year, uh, we'll be receiving our end-of-year Kingdom Builders offering. I've been talking about this for a couple weeks. Um, I'm excited about the fact that in 2022, uh, we were able to raise funds because of your generosity, um, nearly $62,000 to go toward kingdom building efforts um, in our church, our community, and around the globe. And I'm only uh, expecting for that to increase in 2023. So if you would like to participate in that offering, for those of you that give Uh, Via envelope, you can simply mark Kingdom Builders on the envelope before you drop your gift in the silver box in the back of the room. For those of you that give online or via the Church Center app, uh, be sure to select Kingdom Builders in the drop-down menu uh, for your gift. And for those of you that use our text to give, you can simply put the amount of your gift in along with the word Kingdom in the text, and then that will get it to the right place. But I just want to thank you in advance uh, for your generosity, the way that you sow so faithfully into uh, the the ministry of this church, to put feet on the ministry so that we can uh, reach the world around us. And I am greatly looking forward to what God is going to do in and through our efforts here in the coming year. And for this end-of-year Kingdom Builders offering as we launch into 2023 with a pool of seed money to begin with. Um, The other thing that I'm excited about at the beginning of the year is uh, we're going to be doing 31 days of prayer um, throughout the month of January. We're going to be reading the book of Proverbs, all 31 chapters, one chapter a day. We're going to be reading Proverbs together. And so you can be a part of that by selecting Christ Walk Church as your church on the YouVersion Bible app. 
For those of you that have the app already, all you need to do is simply search for Christ Walk Church in the search bar, and then you will see the opportunity or the option to select Christ Walk Church as your church. And so we'll be pushing out some information through the app about the uh, Bible plan that we'll be reading together at the beginning of the year. And um, you'll be getting more information in email blasts, social media announcements, and in and, and other ways about our 31 days of prayer and everything um, that that entails uh, between now and the beginning of the year. And for those of you that may not have the Uversion app or you're not really sure um, what to do or how to get connected with Christ Walk Church, um, you can simply visit our green Next Steps tent after the service. Let somebody know, and um, we'll be sure that you get the help that you need so that you can get connected with us to be a part of that in the new year. So uh, if you got your Bibles, you got a smart device, I want to invite you to turn with me or swipe with me to the Old Testament, the book of the prophet Isaiah. We're going to land in chapter 9 here momentarily. Uh, today we're wrapping up our series called A Weary World Rejoices, taking inspiration from a line in the song, O Holy Night. In this series, we've been taking a look at both how and why you and I can choose to rejoice even in the midst of the weariness that is often brought about by the Christmas season. And with today also being the fourth Sunday of Advent, we also light the fourth candle of our Advent wreath. Back on the first Sunday, we lit the prophet's candle, which signifies hope, the hope of the prophecies that Jesus, the Messiah, was coming to the world. On the second Sunday of Advent, we lit the Bethlehem candle, which represents peace, the Prince of Peace that was brought into the world by the Virgin Mary, and he was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. On the third Sunday of Advent, we lit the shepherd's candle, which signifies joy. It was the message of joy that the shepherds received that night out in their fields, that a Savior had been born to them, who is Christ the Lord. And they went and they found him laying in the manger, and their hearts were filled with joy, and they spread the message of Christ's coming to anyone that would listen. And today, on this fourth Sunday of Advent, we light the angel's candle, which represents love. It points us in the direction of the love of the Father, who sent his one and only Son into the darkness of a fallen world. But because Christ came, those of us who find ourselves in the middle of that darkness here today, we can experience hope, peace, and joy because of Jesus. So consider these words from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 9, beginning with verse 1. It says, Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. For the land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel, and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you, as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. 
For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Perhaps you're familiar with Handel's famous composition known as the Messiah. Maybe you've heard it on the radio or you've seen a rendition of it on TV or perhaps you've even had the chance to experience it being performed live at some point in your life. But what a lot of people may not realize about that well-known tune is that Handel quotes almost verbatim from this passage in Isaiah. And it's this particular prophecy from the Old Testament that reveals both the nature and the character of Jesus, underscoring many of the reasons that you and I have been called to and can choose to rejoice. But let's face it, this world can be a pretty dark place. Consider some of the issues that are plaguing us at current. Things like war and famine Poverty, racism, genocide, human trafficking, political unrest, religious upheaval. And then you add to those issues the problems that you and I wrestle with on a personal level. Things like health problems or financial woes, marital discord, prodigal sons and daughters, the loss of a loved one, anxiety, addiction, pain, The list could go on and on here this morning. See, our our struggle with these types of issues can often lead to what is known as seasonal affective disorder or SAD, which is sometimes referred to as the winter blues. Symptoms of SAD include feeling depressed most of the day, nearly every day, losing interest in activities you once enjoyed, experiencing changes in appetite or weight, having problems with sleep, feeling sluggish or agitated, having low energy, feeling hopeless or worthless, having difficulty concentrating, or having frequent thoughts of death or suicide. In the United States alone, these symptoms are believed to affect up to 10% of the population each year, only adding to the darkness that can accompany the holiday season. Beyond that, some medical professionals think that perhaps upwards of 20% of the population may suffer in some way from the effects of SAD without even realizing it. But Isaiah promises us that this time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. He promises that those of us who walk in darkness will see a great light That for those of us living in the land of deep darkness, that light 
will shine on us. And that light is none other than Emmanuel, who is God with us. It is Jesus Christ, our Messiah. And so for the next few minutes this morning, I want to talk about the seven attributes of Christ's nature and character that are revealed to us in this prophecy from Isaiah, giving each of us a reason to rejoice, no matter how thick and heavy the darkness that surrounds us may be. So if you're taking notes this morning, maybe you want to write this down, seven characteristics of Jesus revealed in Isaiah 9, the first one of these characteristics is his humanity, his humanity. Isaiah proclaims that a child is born to us. This is significant because it reveals Jesus as human. That means he's not some far away God who cannot identify with us. No, he is a human being and he is able to sympathize with us because he has experienced the same hardship and difficulties and temptations and everything that this world throws our way. He has experienced every single bit of the things that you and I are facing. That's why he's Emmanuel. He is God with us. He came to this earth so that he could be with us. The writer of Hebrews puts it this way. Chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. Therefore, it was necessary for him, speaking of Jesus, to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. Later on in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, we read this. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Sam Storms says this about Christ's humanity. He says, there is no temptation or trial that he cannot understand. There is no struggle or sadness with which he cannot sympathize. There is no hardship or difficulty for which he cannot provide strength to endure. A child has been born to us. And that reveals to us Christ's humanity. The second thing that is revealed to us out of this prophecy from Isaiah 9 is not only his humanity, but his deity. His deity. Isaiah states that a son is given to us. Yes, the, the child would be born, but the son would be given. There's a clear distinction here. Yes, Jesus is 100% human. But make no mistake about it, he is also 100% God. Fully God, fully man. Holy human while also wholly divine. The son of a lowly peasant girl from Nazareth. And at the same time, the son of the Most High. Matthew records it this way. He says, and she, speaking of Mary, will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Paul writes about the deity of 
Jesus in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, when he says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. So instead, he gave up his divine privileges and took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. And therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name that is above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, we hear the words of Jesus himself describing who he is. He said, for this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So because he is God, because of his deity, this means that anyone who would call on the name of Jesus and receive him as Lord and Savior can step out of the darkness of sin and death and step into the light of everlasting life. The prophecy of Isaiah reveals to us the humanity of Jesus. It reveals to us the deity of Jesus. And number three, it reveals to us his authority, his authority. Isaiah writes of this child, the government will rest on his shoulders. And I just happen to believe that if the responsibility of governing the entire universe is lying on his shoulders, then there's no doubt in my mind, that he can carry each of our burdens as well. You know, here in the United States, we often think of government through the lens of the executive and legislative and judicial branches, which establish a system of checks and balances to help ensure that no one person or group obtains absolute power. Yet when it comes to Jesus Christ, he rules alone. He is the king over all kings. He is the judge over all judges. He is the ruler over all rulers. And today, he sits on his throne, reigning supreme, and there is none who can challenge his authority. That is the character of Jesus that is revealed to us in the prophecy of Isaiah. His humanity, his deity, his authority. Number four, his acuity. Isaiah reveals to us his acuity. Isaiah tells us that this child will be called Wonderful Counselor, among other things. And now let me explain here. This doesn't mean that Mary would have called out to the backyard, Wonderful Counselor, it's time to come in and wash up for dinner. No, that, that doesn't mean that that's what his, his name was. It wasn't Jesus' actual name, but rather these are attributes of the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus Christ. And because he is wonderful counselor, this means that he has all of the answers, all of the guidance, all of the advice that you and I are looking for, everything that you and I could ever need. I read recently where someone said 
that the triune God has never had a second thought. Like, just consider that for a moment. The triune God has never had a second thought. You know, there's no need for God to have a second thought because his initial thoughts are perfect. Jesus does not waver. He does not second guess. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And no matter the question, Jesus is the answer. And because of that, we can trust him with the direction for our lives. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 say it this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Isaiah reveals to us his humanity, his deity, his authority, his acuity. Number five, Isaiah shows us his sovereignty, the sovereignty of Jesus. In addition to wonderful counselor, he will also be called mighty God. And so not only can he provide us with perfect advice, but he can also empower us to walk in faithful obedience to it. Why? Simple, because he's sovereign. Most people are are totally accepting of a little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. But they miss the meaning of Christmas altogether when they disregard that the coming of that child as the catalyst for life change. See, it's hard for us to wrap our heads around it, but the truth about that little baby lying there in that manger is that even in that moment, he was completely sovereign. And where people take issue is when they are confronted with the fact that the manger is what made the way for the cross. See, Jesus didn't stay a little baby. Rather, he grew up and became a man. And he bore the burden of your sin and my sin on the cross. He died and was buried. And on the third day, he rose again, defeating death, hell, and the grave, and establishing his sovereignty for all of eternity. And it's because of that that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And one day, whether by force or by choice, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord because he is sovereign. Isaiah reveals to us the humanity of Jesus, the deity of Jesus, the authority of Jesus, the acuity of Jesus, the sovereignty of Jesus. Number six, Isaiah reveals to us his sensitivity, his sensitivity. Isaiah calls him everlasting father. Now, this is not to be confused with father as an office of the triune Godhead, God the father. That's not what this is talking about. Rather, this moniker further reveals to us the nature of Jesus. Just like a father, he is sensitive to the needs of his children. He watches over them. And in return, they can look to him for provision and protection. And we know from the scriptures that that Jesus was a sensitive man. A couple examples 
are in John eleven thirty five when he wept over the death of his friend Lazarus. Or in Luke 19, verses 41 and 42, where he wept over the condition of the city of Jerusalem. Jesus is sensitive. And he's sensitive to your needs and to my needs, the things that are going on in our life, the things that, that cause us struggle and hurt and pain and adversity. He's aware of that and he is sensitive to that. As our everlasting father, he wants to provide and to protect us in those moments and the things that we need in the areas of our struggle. Psalm 103.13 says, The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. 1 Peter 5.7 tells us, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Yeah, he's sensitive. He's human. He's divine. He has authority. He has sovereignty. He's sensitive. Seventh and finally, Isaiah reveals to us his tranquility, the tranquility of Jesus. Perhaps one of Jesus' most well-known names or attributes, Isaiah says that he will be called Prince of Peace. This means that he is the source of of all peace, that not only has through him are we able to be reconciled to each other, but we're also able to be reconciled to God the Father due to the cross bringing about restoration for the destruction of sin. See, the time is coming when upon his return, Jesus will establish the fullness of his peace once and for all. But until that time, you and I can have both peace of heart and mind despite the darkness of this broken world that surrounds us. Jesus said in John 16, he said, I've told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Isaiah reveals to us the humanity of Jesus, the deity of Jesus, the authority of Jesus, the acuity of Jesus, the sovereignty of Jesus, the sensitivity of Jesus, and the tranquility of Jesus. But here's the deal. None of this matters if we don't live our lives like it's true. None of it matters if we don't live our lives like it's true. If we don't change our behavior, if we don't surrender to these attributes, if we don't recognize them, and not only recognize them, but receive them for ourselves and let them be the guiding factors of how we live and who we are as we strive to become like Christ. None of it matters if we don't live our lives like it's true. But the good news is this morning, I believe what this passage from Isaiah is speaking to us loud and clear is that whatever you need from Jesus, it's available to you today. Not just in this Advent season, but always because of who he is, his character, 
his nature, his humanity, his deity, his authority, his acuity, his sovereignty, his sensitivity, his tranquility, whatever it is that you need today, Jesus is able to meet you at the point of that need. That is the hope that you and I have in the Christmas season. That is is the peace that you and I can experience in the Christmas season. That is the joy that we can have in the Christmas season. It's because he loved us so much that he came to die on the cross in our place so that we could be healed and made whole, that we could be forgiven and set free. That is why we can rejoice today. Whatever you need, he is here. and He is ready to meet you at the point of that need today. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you sent your son Jesus to this world to be God with us. We thank you that he was both fully God and fully man. We thank you that even as a little baby lying in a manger, that he is in charge of our lives as King of kings and Lord of lords. We thank you for his wisdom and his guidance that provides direction and advice for our lives. We thank you for the the fact that he has power over sin, death, and hell. And that that same power empowers us to live lives in faithful obedience to his call and his direction. Lord, we thank you that he is our everlasting father, that he shows care and concern for his children, and that he brings to them provision and protection. And God, we thank you that he is the prince of peace, that he is the source of all peace. Lord, I pray that his peace would wash over us today in the midst of the darkness that we are experiencing, whatever that looks like for each individual gathered here, for each individual watching online, for each individual that is within the sound of my voice here this morning. Lord, I pray that your peace would wash over them. And God, that they would be able to find a way in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the anguish, in the midst of their weariness, that they would find a way to be able to rejoice because of who Jesus is, because of what he has done for us. And we know it's because of him that the best is still yet to come. We thank you for this most precious gift that you gave to us on that first Christmas. Let us not take it for granted. Let us not overlook it, but rather let us live our lives as if it is true, because we know that it is. We know that Jesus came. We know what he has done for us and who he has called us to be. So help us to walk in faithful obedience to that not allowing the message of Christmas to go in one ear and out the other, but let it lead toward life change so that we can live our lives in the way that your word compels us to, that each and every day we could become more like your son, Jesus Christ. We give you glory and honor and praise. 
in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen, amen, amen. I look forward to seeing you uh, January 1st, the Lord willing, being back, able to worship with you in person. It is going to be an incredible year. The Lord has already been doing so many wonderful things in and through our church, and I'm so excited about how that is going to continue in the coming year. From my family to yours, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Love you guys, and we'll see you soon. Let's all stand and worship the Lord together. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Christ Walk Church podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. To find out more information about Christ Walk Church, including our service times, how to connect with us on social media, and the ministry opportunities we have for you and your family, simply visit our website at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget, because of Jesus, the best is yet to come.